Welcome to Number Two Series with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. I'm Dave. All right, Dave. Uh, new week, new episode. Ready for this one to get started? I am ready. All right. Hopefully, folks listening are ready to get started you right know, away. You know they're, they're waiting <laughs> on us. Sometimes they're like, oh, come on, just get, get to it. Actually, no one says that, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, there so, is somebody I say that to about, about <laughs> but I really respect him, so I don't want to say anything. And I wonder if everybody else doesn't say anything because of him. I yeah. don't want to say anything because I don't want Mark Levin to get mad at me. <laughs> I don't like his intro. It's so darn long. Uh huh. I appreciate his intro. Mm -hmm. I just don't like it because I'm like, mm hmm. <laughs> mm hmm. Oh, torture. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. We're going to go through this whole thing. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's funny. People so, are thinking that in their head right now. <laughs> I, I was hoping they would feel it. That's funny. Well, um, all right, so we're we're in Oregon, as many folks know. We've got some interesting stuff that's been in the news lately, and we did talk a little bit in our last podcast about driving through Portland and seeing all the homelessness and all this uh, all the stuff that's going on. Yeah, well, sad situation. Yeah, super sad. And uh, from what I'm hearing is that the Oregon legislature is now uh, allowing camping on on public property officially and in portland allowing people to use the sidewalks to do their encampments plans are changing yeah and like they've yeah. just decided we're just gonna allow it what are you talking about why would you do that i went well, hawaii to hawaii trip just got cheaper <laughs> you know so i i was uh oh, that's portland though whoa yeah i've well jenny and i are planning some sort of uh um like travel trailer camping trip Okay, so I'm taking the trailer in to get it serviced. We have this yearly service that we do. And then, you know, whether whatever little stuff that needs to be addressed, we address it. So I take it in. And this place is in Portland. And the shop is in, like, a really, really crappy neighborhood. Oh, really bad. Oh. It's And it's far worse when I looked at it the other day than it was a year ago when I last took it in. There's homeless encampments everywhere there's trash everywhere there's burned out vehicles everywhere really i couldn't believe it I, I mean you would think and it's not like they just you know burned up last night they've been there i'm sure for a while right because well, there's all kinds of other trash everywhere portland's been burning for oh, uh, well over triple digit days mm -hmm. so i have no idea where it's at now mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if it's every night they have a building or a car or something on fire but there, there's still ongoing issues going on since last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing is I did see police officers uh, patrolling uh, in their cars when I was out there. I saw it was kind of a long day. I had to drop off the trailer and then do some other stuff. And I came back later and hung out while they were finishing up uh, the last job. And I did see that Portland police had been patrolling in the area. Mm. They were um, hanging out in the center of the four-lane street that it was on and encampments on both sides, by the way. But they were kind of, you know, kind of creeping along the center, um, what they call a median, I guess. Right. And so I could see that at least they were looking out for stuff. But they weren't doing anything to move the people out. They weren't doing anything to encourage right. cleanup or enforce the no um uh, dumping rules right in fact all that's going to happen oh well you're talking about we talked about this on another episode a little bit about what our you know our 
tax dollars go towards that our city mm. puts money into enabling the these situations to get worse and you know and this is actually a part of that to prove the the point of it happening because now they're going to have to have a place for you know a community center for everybody to get clean or mm-hmm. bathrooms and I was thinking as as we're driving through or as I was driving through the property values I was like oh my god why would anyone I saw some for sale signs and I'm like why would anyone want to buy into this area right it's it's disgusting and there's people walking around without shirts and shoes uh, you can tell they're really dirty, you know, hairs, disgusting. I would do it if I was retired. Because <laughs> what do you it, mean? Like, buy? What, what do you mean? Shoot! You get it for cheap. <laughs> oh, I get yeah. me a rocking chair and put out front. Ma can take care of the front. <laughs> With your shotgun. Well, we could just put some buckshot in there. We don't want to kill anybody. Well, we just, you know, it'll be fun. Scare them out. It's a little fun here and there. I chase I, them off with a little buckshot. I don't think that that would be a fun way to spend my retirement. <laughs> it's, it's something to do. It is something to do. Pass the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you got to believe that the the crime rate over there is is up. It's got to be terrible. You don't, you really don't. I mean, oh my gosh, hold on. Twenty years. I've been married for almost twenty years. So I'm just going to say twenty twenty two years ago. I was at this house that was on 72nd and Powell. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even in, I guess, it's crazy. It's who, it's where you're at to, you know, what, I, I don't know, I hate using this, but what class you're in to, to determine what's crap side of town. <laughs> yeah. But it's not, this wasn't the crappiest side of town, but mm-hmm. some other people would be like, yeah, it is, mm-hmm. you know, but. It certainly is now. Yeah, but it was still, it just wasn't the crappiest. Mm-hmm. So. But anyways, even there, you know, we'd wake up and go, oh, dude, who the hell's out in the backyard? You don't know. And mm-hmm. you don't know who the hell was there while you were sleeping. Mm-hmm. You don't just, people just come and go. And, and I know that can happen anywhere, and it kind of has virtual, virtually anywhere I've lived, but it's so much more frequent. It's always something, you know, and now it's worse. What we're talking about is way worse. So my wife was telling me the other night that there was a guy who would who brought his travel trailer home, parked it out in front of his house on the street and um and was getting it ready to take off on a trip. He gets up the next day to go out to the trailer and get the final packing done and right. stuff and there's a homeless guy sleeping in their bed. Oh, okay. And initially the report was that the guy he called the police and then he was going to um offer the guy some food and some water and you know, and have the police come in and, and, you know, escort him away or whatever. And so he was thinking, you know, he felt sympathetic. Well, turns out that the guy had stolen a bunch of, like, the backup trailer keys that he had there and some other stuff. Oh, wow. And was going to walk away with his things. And so you think about, oh, you feel bad for these homeless people, but the guy... Even if even if the trailer was left unlocked, that's still breaking into someone's property. Just right off the bat. Yeah, already breaking the law. And then he <clears> decides <throat> he's going to sleep in there and then steal his stuff. That, and that's like in a, in a halfway decent neighborhood. Right. That stuff, I mean, that's kind of ballsy on their part, but 
that's just going to happen again. Turns out that the cops said that, yeah, we know about this guy. He, you know, he's in the area a lot. That's what he does, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Jimmy down there. Why can't we, why can't we like prosecute these people and punish them in such a way that they don't want to do these, these activities again? Right. Aren't we supposed to deter them by punishment? Our system. Ah, everybody hates the system that goes through it, but it does at the same time, it doesn't deter them from doing it again. You know, it I makes don't, them, I'll tell you, you know, I don't know a whole lot of people that's been in prison. Um, I've met a handful of people, but no. And, but the one, this one person stands out that went to prison for stealing. I think he robbed a bank for like 500 bucks or something like that. So I went to, went to the federal prison for three years and he came out and we all went camping and, and, and it was interesting to see this guy that, and he had just gotten out of prison too. And he didn't sound like he, you don't come out be, you know, being repentant, you Mm -hmm. know, he wasn't remorseful. Not at all. He, He was acting all tough and all hard and all i mean it was just like oh my gosh it's like and so much so because mind you this is the this was really i think the first time i really hung out with him well and and mind you and he and i i was out with their him and his buddies camping group that that they went when they were the from from when they were little kids so i was kind of like the kind of out cast or you know outsider outsider Mm -hmm. yeah there you go and so anyways, this guy was very hard, but to prove how difficult he was, one of his best friends that he was there for in the middle of the night got up and drove home. And mind you, we're a few hours out, you know, mm. camping and stuff because they couldn't take it. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, but it, it's, it sucks. I, how about this? I don't, you know, short story long is that our system doesn't work. It doesn't help them. And I don't think everything should be, let's sit down and talk about it and have a psychologist there. Mm-hmm. How about this? How do you, how do you train a dog? How do you train a horse? You can't sit there and, and negotiate with a horse. You have to, well, you have to give it a little bit of pain, a little something that it's going to remember or mm-hmm. not want, you know, for it to unfortunately comply, Yeah, you know, and and, you know, what's more stubborn than a human being? You know, unfortunately, there might take some consequences. There's some other countries and third world countries that are pretty heavy on mm-hmm. theft. Well, things are really expensive to go to prison, too, right? I mean, the cost of, of taking care of an inmate is is really expensive. But I always wonder how rough that life really is. Because, you, you know, they have all these other... Yes, they have some isolation, but... Humans adapt to isolation. You know, they adapt no matter what the the environment is. They make <clears throat> they make adjustments in their behavior and they get used to it. It's the same reason why these homeless people get used to living in right. a That's you know true. A crap hole. It it, it kind of depends on the the rape situation. <laughs> How often is that really going on? And not uh-huh. only that, but. Mm-hmm. And and the violence situation is it for the most part everybody's there doing their time no issues until there's a speed bump once in a while or is it mm-hmm. 
every day, you know, you're pinballing it down the hallway to go to the bathroom from this gang to that gang to, mm -hmm. you know, hope you don't get taken away from these guys to go have sex with or <laughs> those guys get stabbed with. <laughs> you know, how bad is it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, um, well, but if they if they come out and they're like, you know, suddenly they've got this this uh, you know hardened personality where they feel like they're a lot better than anyone else around them because they're tough or whatever. Right. Well, I think that's that's got to be a negative consequence because when people come out, they're supposed to be remorseful. They're supposed to desire to get back into normal society and mm -hmm. be productive. But if they come out and, you know, they have to be a badass, I think that's the wrong direction, um, you know. Well, I'll tell you this. He was a repeat offender. Mm-hmm. And it was worse. He yeah. ended up killing somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it gets worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are the type of people you kind of have to... You kind of have to worry about. It's like, do you, you know? know, blah, 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 blah. I have no idea who mm -hmm. the hell you were talking about. Never heard of him before in my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, so in other Oregon news, uh, so the evidently there was some sort of, you know, when the Capitol riots at Washington, D.C. were taking place, I right. think there might have been around the same time or I, I, I don't remember the exact date, uh, but the... Oregon legislature, they were sort of shut down. They, they didn't allow the public into the building, and they were in a legislative session. Oregon Constitution says that if there's a legislative session going on, it has to be open to the public. But it sounds like maybe it, um, the governor, Kate Brown, changed that rules, changed that rule during her executive order stuff and allowed the legislature to operate without uh, public be having access to that, that area. And there was a guy just recently, uh, Mike Nearman, who's a uh, representative, supposedly let uh, some people in to the Capitol. And uh, the Capitol Police then got involved and, you know, pushed him out the door and, you know, exchanged who knows like physical contact and and i'm sure that they were yelling at him and stuff but basically trying to keep people out of of the door well this guy mike he uh he just got voted from the the oregon legislature voted out of office like i guess there's some sort of there's some sort of rule um that says that that as a as a body of, of of legislators that they can vote someone out of office and so he voted for himself to stay in but um the rest of them including all the republicans who is a republican guy uh, got got basically voted out and it has never happened in in all of the oregon history uh so this was like a, a, a kind of a historical moment um it didn't end up escalating into something like we saw in many other riots like in portland and stuff but of course not well of course not but <clears throat> but at the same time he was still pushed out and now he's in a position where he because he represents several counties in oregon they have the potential the opportunity to um for him to basically uh, almost like get voted back in by these the leaders in in these counties and one of the rules says is that you cannot be basically punished twice or prosecuted twice for the same thing. Oh, okay. So it's very possible 
that the support of his constituents w- could potentially bring him back into to office. He kind of mentioned that maybe he doesn't want to do that. He he understands what he did was wrong, but um, at the same time, he he feels like because it's kind of against the Oregon Constitution to prevent the public from being present when they're going through these legislative sessions, he kind of felt like it was kind of like his his civic duty in a in a in a way and so he's also under criminal charges because of it and so he's got like a big old like a gofundme thing to help pay for his legal things but um i just found it as a kind of an interesting story because i didn't realize that oregon had anything like this happening i've been so focused on all the BLM and Antifa stuff in Portland because it's been constant and I get the news alerts all the time, but I didn't realize that there had been anything down at the Capitol. Now there have been protests like crazy down there, but never like really any violent um, protests like you see in in Portland. And so we'll, we'll see what the future holds for that uh, representative, but it's, with all the uh, executive orders that Kate Brown has instituted, because she started off with, you know, a 30 day executive order to start, you know, dictating to the state what rules we're going to follow for COVID. And then she kept extending them and extending them and extending them. And it went from 30 days to now we're over 360 days or whatever. So, and, and even at that, it's like, you're not even sure when she's going to be done because she keeps changing the rules. Right. She just set um, a, a moratorium on, on collecting rent until September uh of 2021 so she's even basically told all of the all the the homeowners that rent their property or you know apartments or whatever said that if a person can't pay their rent you can't force collection or kick them out so she's extended that even more which to me is a is like you're totally messing with the people these are like kind of like mom and pop type places. They, these are not like conglomerates where you own many, many properties across, you know, the state. These are people who part of their living, part of their retirement, part of how they survive financially is dependent on collecting right. rent from people. And now she's saying that if someone can't pay rent, you can't force them to pay So rent. part of that, I'm not 100%, you, you tell me if you know, is... is that they have to pay it back. I mean, is is that right? Or they're not like just free of rent. They just, but they have to eventually pay it back. Is that right? Yeah, eventually they're supposed to pay it back. But the deal is, is like they will. Yeah, it's I not. Mean, you know, the, the, I might. I'm sorry, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Is that I? My opinion is the majority will be like, we will, but you have to take us to court. Yeah, I mean the court's going to get sure. so backed up with it because, I mean even two months behind on it you know these days do i dare say an average rent is a thousand bucks a month i don't know what an average rent is these days but but what you just go even if it's just four months without paying you're going to owe them four grand i mean it's it's going to add up so fast yeah the problem i think that the cost of of litigation it, it just makes that not worth it right i mean taking someone to court for four thousand dollar bill, it may cost you four thousand dollars for all the legal fees. Right. Well, like like even like uh, if you went to uh, small claims, and most of them are like five thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. 
but then after five thousand bucks, you just get to, you just hang out after that. Mm-hmm. And after five, go okay. Well, we'll 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 pay them five grand. We'll save up the five grand, but then we'll ride this out for another two years. Mm-hmm. And then at worst, they could take us to small claims and get us for five grand. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so but it again, just sucks. Cause yeah, it totally does. It, it 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 trickles down all those huge huge apartment complexes that you know that there's probably hundreds of them, you know, throughout the the country, you know, that are all hooked to, you know, the same company, if you will, that mm-hmm. owns it. But that's even for them, they have to take a loan out to make those make it all happen. And to make to let all those people ride free is or even a majority of them. Well, I cuz who wouldn't jump on that train and go Oh wow, sweet. Okay, I won't. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just—I mean, Americans do typically say, you know, I'll just take care of it later. Well, the other thing is you have to think these, this is an extension of the existing moratorium. You know, these these folks. She instituted this a long time ago, so a lot of these landlords still aren't collecting. They're still those landlords have to still provide legally. They still have to provide certain services they have to do repairs right. they have to you know cover the cost of making it a uh, a legal dwelling that includes you know whatever fire safety while they're um, getting laid off yeah you know <laughs> yeah while they're while their lumber's getting going up going as up as an example mm-hmm. their fuel to go back and forth to work while these people get to just chill out at home mm-hmm. collect a check i just think it's an over overreach with government Yes, you know? and yet another one, yeah. So I agree. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping that the country will continue to open up. I know a, a lot of the Republican-led states have have opened up fully. They've removed the mask mandates, but there are some some holdouts. You know, or you know, state of Oregon still you holding know, out. You know, we're going to be one of the last mm-hmm. ones, if ever, that will open up fully. Mm-hmm. Well, and. We've had, I think, in, relatively speaking, low numbers of, of COVID compared to a lot of other uh, states. But we're also, we're a big state with a lot of space. You know, geographically, we're, we're pretty large. And the, the main cities being like, you know, Portland and, you know, maybe Salem down in Eugene, you know, maybe even Medford might qualify. But really, it's like if you follow on a map, I-5, the corridor down towards California, there are some uh, somewhat big cities. But the rest of Oregon is pretty spread out. And so I think that probably contributes to a lot of the low numbers. But we're still in a in an area where the government still wants to control things. And now it's sort of pitting I people know. against each other with How the vaccinations. How low do you want it to go for them to not want mm-hmm. to control it? I mean, yeah. what gets, what is it? Is it lower than the flu? I mean, yeah. come on. Well, we're also hearing more about um, the numbers being incorrect more and more. Mm-hmm. Shocker, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it should be a shocker for a whole lot of people because it's not a shocker for a whole lot of other people. Mm-hmm. But people need to wake up a little bit and go, wait a minute now, this isn't making sense. And why are you taking all that information in? You know, they're just getting poured in with the same old crap, and it's the same stuff. I mean, 
Oh, I don't want to get into it. It's so, it's sad. It is. What they're doing. Yep. Uh, a little funny news. Oh, please do. There is a guy who was swallowed, not fully swallowed, but I kind of swallowed by a whale. Ooh, Jonah? I'm, I've heard about <laughs> you that. You heard about that guy? <laughs> no, that was a big fish. It's it's not a whale. Uh, Whoops, don't damn it. <laughs> a guy from Massachusetts. Uh, he's a lobster diver. Oh, okay. And he was diving for lobster. And we're talking, I mean, you can Is see he... a picture. The the claws on this lobster are, are twice the size of his head. Really? I mean, it's a massive, yeah, I mean, he's catching these massive uh, lobsters. But uh, he was, um, you know, lobster diving, and one of these humpback whales um, swallowed him, gobbled him up. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? That would be a pretty freaky. Pretty terrifying. Now, he, it, now, he was wearing his oxygen you Okay, know, tank I was going to ask you if he was a free diet, whatever that's mm-hmm. called. No. No, he was still wearing his stuff. Okay, that's that's good. Yeah, but he described, he says, you know, all of a sudden everything went black, and he started to feel like this, you know, the muscles of, of the whale starting to kind of like crush him, um, you know. And he could still breathe, but he's thinking in his head, you know, he's thinking about his family and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm done for. But the whale uh, went up to the surface and basically got him out of his mouth, you know. Really? Yeah. I think I would have been all pokey, 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 pokey. Well, yeah. Or at least goochie, 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 yeah. anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wouldn't that be freaky? But I guess, you know, these these whales are not, you know, they don't. They're not uh, looking for humans, you know. They're not like a shark attacking. They just go up there and put a bunch of shit in their mouth, stuff. Yeah, (laughs) put a bunch of stuff in their mouth, and uh, yeah, spit out. But they don't like. Yeah, yeah. Evidently, he got spit out because he didn't like. He didn't like him. But I thought that was a funny story because it's such a. You never hear about something. Well, I don't know if that's a funny story at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he lives to tell about it, so yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that sounds terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it would be. Hmm. So, um, a little bit more, and I like the serious side of the never too serious podcast here. Um, (laughs) I, I'm a little torn on uh, on Bill Maher. Okay, I I think some of his comedy is funny. I think some of his um, his uh, like free speech. Uh, take I think is is on pretty well, but he's a very far left dude. But he was recently doing a monologue on his on his show, and uh, was kind of hitting the left kind of hard about like exaggerating how bad things are. And I thought, you know, there this is like one of those areas where we talk about finding common ground. You know, we can differ on a lot of different things, and but the, we share more stuff in common probably than we have uh, in disagreement. But he basically went after <clears throat> Biden and a lot of these other people about, you know, describing how bad things are and that they've never been this bad before. And his monologue basically went through the old, like the history of where like segregation was, where uh, you know restrictive law like voting laws, um, you know having having bathrooms, restaurants, um, seats on the bus segregated, and so he was responding with the idea that things are actually r- way better now as far as like race relations, way better now. Now being 
2019. Yeah. Well, he was describing it as not, the not number of laws. Well, the protesting, that's a different story. And that well, he, he looks at that slightly different. But what he was talking about was the actual legislative laws that exist today in comparison to the past, where you can't you can't hire based on race, religion, right, right. you know, sexual orientation, all, all these things. You also cannot do those things in um, like business, like deciding you're going to sell to one person and not to the other. Or There's, rent or... Yeah. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff, right? right? And so he was kind of going after the left about, you guys are making it out to be that we are so much worse off, and you guys are out complaining so much about how things aren't fair. But legally speaking, things are way more uh, equal today than they have ever been in our history. right. And for a guy who's sitting on the left pretty hard, I'm like, these are pretty good points. I I agree. So it's funny because Bill Maher is not somebody I appreciate. I back in the day, I think his his comedy was still funny. He could still be funny. I yeah. don't get me wrong. Sure. But you know, when I thought he was a guy that was inciting things and you know, when he was like, I don't care if if I wanna not like have this word for word, but if our 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 stocks or if our economics just fall, America's that, you know, just fall, whatever it takes to get Trump out of there, you mm-hmm. know, and it was to crap on everybody just for, and so that's feeding a group aside and, 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 there, and he's, 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 he's a, has said a lot of things that's divisive in my opinion. And, and, and it's not, and I don't mean that he has different opinion He's just divisive. He's actually literally trying to separate people, not just give out his opinion. I think there's a difference. But um, lately, being the last year or so, I think everything has gotten so chaotic that it's so chaotic. And this is kind of to your point, but maybe I'm being a little bit more dramatic than you are. But mm-hmm. it's so chaotic that because Bill Maher is extremely left. He's not just a, a old Republican. Oh, he's right. not just a leftist. He's very, very left. And for Bill Maher, and, and, and so I've been paying attention to some of what Bill Maher has been saying lately because for Bill Maher to say these things is, it's getting pretty bad, people. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Because... He has been talking about all kinds of things that is more right leaning, or maybe it's just more <laughs> when sanity. You're, when leaning. you're so far left, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, so I appreciate to hear that there's people on both sides, but on the other side that's willing to speak out, going, "Okay, guys, reel it in. Your guys are getting a little bit ridiculous." You know, we're all on the same, you know, side. We're willing to even adjust, I'm being nice here using that word, adjust things to work in our favor. I don't know. But, you know, but this stuff is just way too far, you know. So, I mean, I'd like to hear people that have a voice and have a platform to be able to speak out to what's re- what reality is, because that is what reality is. Mm-hmm. And it's getting bad. And I think that's part of his what he's making a point about is it is getting really bad to the point where he thinks that um, the folks that are saying this stuff is destroying 
the potential for the left to continue to, to move in a good direction. Well, listen, right? Because he's very, very left and he, he he's a very progressive uh, person. And he thinks that the, the stuff that folks are doing right now on the left are damaging the likelihood the left will be successful in the future. Right. I, I agree with it. But unfortunately, things are going to have to fall really, really hard for them to even see it. Because I don't think that they're getting it yet, mm-hmm. most of them. Yeah. And... You know, but when, and I don't remember the year, I don't know if it was last year or, or was it early this year or maybe, who knows. Um, but in the last couple of years that we even had a college, I don't, I can't recall, and I wouldn't say it if, either way, but it was a college that allowed a segregated um, graduation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was volunteer, volunteer, it was a volunteered segregation graduation and it if if i wasn't so such an angry guy i guess it would have broke my heart Mm because it was just i was equally as angry as it broke my heart that are you guys you guys asked for that are you kidding me there's people that literally got Mm -hmm. i don't here i don't even care it got got from whizzed on to to fire hosed on to killed Mm -hmm. to keep that from happening yeah and now you guys are asking for it, and there's something put in place that is making people think that that's the best thing for them to be yeah. separated Well, instead of just make it in a better place for everybody. Yeah, Mar was talking about the, uh, uh, the term of uh, whiteness and that uh, some of these reputable um, like science journals uh, for like psychology, I think, basically have now defined whiteness as like a, a virus, like a disease that, um, um, that permeates and, and destroys. And, and he, he was just saying that, you know, this is exactly, um, what was happening, you know, when, when race, race relations were really bad in, in, the you know, I think like the fifties and sixties. And he was basically saying that, um, you know, we're we're at a point right now where it's illogical, where you are trying to um, paint a single race as the only racist uh, group of people. And he says that this is exactly what we were trying to move away from. Right. That's why we went into <clears throat> the legislative bodies and, and passed all these laws about equal rights and and got rid of the... You know, I, he showed pictures of like drinking fountains, you know, and right. it, and it had signs above it, and uh, restaurants and other and other places. And he says, "We, you know, hit the we, stairs. We got the elevator." You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I mean, he says we as a country fought so hard for these things, and it was it was all all races were fighting hard to to move the country in a in a in a way where segregation wasn't wasn't even mentioned because no one believed that that was the good the right thing to do. And now in 2020 and 2021, we're now having a graduation that says, you know, we want to segregate. We want to have a black only uh, graduation because the black students want that, which is which is crazy. I can't I can't even believe that we're teaches them. How do they know? mm -hmm. How do they know they want that? Well, and, and you know, I do want to have you, you kid, uh, you were kidding on one of the last ones and maybe you weren't kidding about when we actually have a, uh, a podcast that talks about race, that would be our last podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I do want to, I do want to talk about race, um, on a podcast 
and and dive into some of the deeper questions because even just here locally, a uh, local school district is is implementing uh, critical race theory. Sure. Um, um, you know, uh, it's critical. Yeah, but they're doing they're introducing these things in a way where it's not like it's not like they're introducing it as curriculum as it's a class on critical race theory. What they're doing is they are. Uh, I would describe it like critical race theory is the lens that they look for or late that they look through to describe the actions that they're taking in all other areas in like math, math. How is math related to race? There's not much in math that would have anything to do with humans because it's kind of independent of it. But, uh, but they're introducing critical race theory in now like math questions that would be like word problems or um, the idea of providing equity where you've got a, a student that might be of a different race. They aren't performing as well. So they get these extra things in order to get them to perform better mm-hmm. that they are not offering to other people of other races. Um, you know, these are the things that kind of get thrown in and people don't realize that they're happening because they're done in a way that's not like we're, it's not announced. It's not announced right, that they're putting sure. in these things into the curriculum. They just sort of introduced it. Jimmy got two cookies and I only got one cookie. I don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> but if I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, I think it's a, an interesting direction that things have gone, and and there are some people who who stand up. There are um, this this uh, this black lady. I can't remember. I think was she in Kansas, maybe, but she got up in front of the school board and she let loose on them, yeah. and she was so angry that that they were pushing critical race theory because it, for those that don't know what critical race theory is. Basically, it pits, um, you know, white people against people of color and white people are basically the folks that um, are the perpetrator of oppression. And then the people of color are the victims of it. So we would never be able to work together. Yeah. And so she got in front of the school board and she let them have it. She was talking about, you know you know, you're teaching my kid that that they're a victim and that they'll never be because, um, you know, white supremacy is going to keep them down. And, and she just went off. It was, it, it, it was kind of like one of those inspiring things where, you know, suddenly that adult in the room has stood, has stood up and said something and, uh, and, and has made a difference. And there are now organizations that are fighting against the introduction of critical race theory into education and, and other things. But, you know, I've been in education for a long time. I can't tell you how many trainings I've been through uh, about anti-racism, about um, uh, whiteness. Uh, we read some uh, two different books that were talking about race, and they're basically written with the idea that critical race theory is an, a real thing. And um, and so it's not just, like I said, where a class is coming in, you're going to take a class on it. It's getting it's getting introduced in, in these unique ways that... Weaved in through weaves your in. life. I mean, every, mm-hmm. every angle. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, I was assuming it was like, um, I'm not saying it is the same, but but it seems like it's coming in the same way as we had, what is it called? It's about people's sexuality mm-hmm. and they were talking about there's a, so they they were talking about it and then they in, ended up implementing it 
a class that now if you were in high school, you have to take this class about your sexuality and how many sexes there are and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And to each their own, which means to each our own too, I thought. Mm -hmm. And, but now I think it's a mandatory class. So anyways, I was thinking this was like a class like that Mm -hmm. and it's going to get implemented, but this is even more, it's more dangerous. Yes. It's more dangerous. Because it's, it's, I hate to infiltrate it, everything. Yeah. If I, I don't know the right word to use. The argument is, is that the parents can't go to the school and say, hey, I don't want you teaching my kid about critical race theory. Because the, the school can say, well, we're not. And they'd be telling the truth. Because they're not teaching the kids about critical race theory. What they're doing is they're weaving it into how they operate. And so they make decisions based on this critical race theory that um, would then implement other things within the classroom uh, that would that would promote this idea that you know whiteness is a really bad thing that uh, everyone who's white is is the oppressors of so, people who are who are of color so what are they going to do if they do find out that the white i mean that you know i hate to you and i are the problem when we're out there creating all kind of racial havoc well so i so wonder what what their goal <laughs> is 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 there a class is there like a a video i could sit there and watch this winding wheel for a few hours for me to you know get balanced you know (laughs) no because all the books that i've read about it um there's not really a way to overcome it because i can't overcome my whiteness is what you're saying correct oh man the books um there's um other than death yeah there's a couple of different books that i've read and uh one of them oh gosh written by robin d'angelo and and I can't remember what it is now. I think white fragility, that's what it is. Oh. And there's not really a way for a white person to 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 get over this because um it's not based on their behavior. It's based on uh the skin color. It's based on you live in a society of of uh whiteness and because you are white you are a perpetrator. And um and so there's no way to get get over it. And the way I look at it is it kind of puts a lot of white people right now who are generally, I would say, good people who are not in the in the um, in the current understanding of of racist. These are not racist people. But I look at the way things were way back uh, when there was like segregation, there was violence against black people. This is kind of the position that they were in, where they they were looked at as as evil they were looked at as as the problem with society and now it's it's us the old white dudes that are the problem with society right. and the majority of us want to want to what be welcoming and if not just be mm-hmm. let bygones be bygones leave people alone i mean that's the majority mm-hmm. i mean and it and, and it sucks cuz it also is painting 87, I don't know the real math, but 87% of the population in a different color. Well, you yeah, know? it's 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 pitting, you know, two groups against each other. And it's not it's not healthy for sure. It's not healthy for anyone who's being involved in it because it pits um it's tribalism. It's pitting two tribes against each other when 
in many cases, those two tribes um, have more things in common than they have uh, differences. Right. I, I kind of compare sometimes, you know, the tribalism of uh, two sports teams, you know, the fans of those sports teams where, you know, like, I don't know, the Seahawks and who who don't they get along with? I, I don't know, the Raiders? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. You know, um, or, you know, Washington State and Oregon State in football. Yeah, okay. Or, you know, it's... it's A rival. Yeah, or even, even uh, you know, University of Oregon and Oregon State football, mm-hmm. you know, a family divided. I see the bumper sticker, right? But, you know, you can easily fall into one of these groups based on on what the group believes in or what they celebrate. And if you identify that, it's pretty easy to get involved in that group. And then the more you're involved with that group, the more you dislike those others that are not in that group. Right, sure. And we're just in a a position now where there's been so much attention placed on it that people are feeling like there's a lot of animosity out there when there there wouldn't normally be that much animosity. So I don't know where things are going to go, but one of the um, Ben Shapiro... I, I like his stuff. He's relatively a smart guy, and he he spends a, a fair amount of time trying to explain and and debunk these different these different uh, topics. And he's recently put in, um, I think it's a program he calls Debunked, and it's I think maybe once a week or something. He grabs a topic and he gives you historical perspective of what the topic is. He did a really good job on on this critical race theory topic, and yeah. so yeah, I highly suggest folks go in and and look for it. I and didn't, I didn't hear that one. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting, but again, there's not a solution here. It's uh, well, it's like enough you people said, pay, is, is participating. They, they also, it sounds like they're painting it so there isn't one. Well, sure, you know, and mm-hmm. that's unfortunate because. There's an ass, and there's in every race. There's an ass mm-hmm. for every. There's there's a a murderer, whether you're a female or a male. There's mm-hmm. always somebody bad out there, no matter what. But the majority of everybody are good people, and that's what it's. And you know, and having the social media stuff, when it, when you see all the bad stuff, it makes it seem like it's it is more frequent than it is, mm-hmm. and then we see the same video over and over again for the next two, three weeks plus. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it seem like it is every day. It's all the time, all the time. And you forget, oh, that is the same one that we've been watching forever, you know. Mm-hmm. But things do happen. And it's just unfortunate because we're growing apart from each other because, you know, I feel that the social media that's supposed to bring us together really helps us all grow apart. Yeah, I agree. You I know? agree. That's why I'm struggling with our, our Twitter stuff because yeah. I... I I always feel worse after being on Twitter for any length of time. Yeah, that's that's too bad. <laughs> I, it's not supposed to be that way. It wasn't it wasn't like that at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. But then then the human human humans got a hold of it. Yeah, I, I think the platform is just designed in such a way to um, kind of take advantage of some of the worst parts of human behavior. Yeah, you know. It's just my my opinion of it. But the other is, and I was listening to um, a radio show, Portland radio show, and uh, Lars Larson. And he's, I'm always fascinated by how hard he works to know as much stuff he, as he knows about things. Um, he was talking about the uh, the social media, sort of like big tech silencing different things. And, you know, one was the COVID you know, the idea that maybe COVID exi- uh, came from a Wuhan lab, 
Um, the other is uh, when Trump was in office, the uh, the app TikTok. And what was the other one? We something. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. I don't use the oh, I don't use either of those apps, but I know a little bit about TikTok because I coach a lot of high school age kids right. and they're constantly I mean, <laughs> it cracks me up because I'll like we'll have a group of kids and they'll go out and they'll they'll throw spears and as as we're retrieving our implements coming back you'll see someone creating a tiktok on the side i know and i i'm so old that i hate hearing the the term oh, i gotta do a tiktok yeah like, get the fuck out of here with that oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really getting gonna i'm either there or i'm really getting to that grumpy old man yeah stage well so the fascinating thing about tiktok I mean, it's a it's a pretty it's one of those platforms that it's just it's short videos and it happens to be very popular with with younger kids. Now, old people, older people also participate in it, but it's just a very you know easy thing to grab a snippet of video and do something that's funny or say something or show off or whatever. But the the um, the parent company for TikTok is um, is a China based company. Yep. And so Trump was trying to put a stop to TikTok because the information that they gather from this app is pretty staggering. They're, they have so if you have uh, an iPhone, I, I have an iPhone, so I don't use Android. But if you have an iPhone and you can look at the App Store, you can go down to the privacy heading on the app, and you can see what data they harvest from you by using that app. And of course, you install it. You agree to all those terms, right? But there, I mean, there's, you know, the potential for them to have access to your contacts. They have access to your GPS location, yeah. Uh, your habits of um, screen time, oh man, um, linked to other apps that you have on your phone. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they can gather data yeah, and, on. Yep. And we're talking millions and millions of people who are using it. And, and of course, that's why they want to, you know, promote it all to the kids. So everybody will have one. Mm-hmm. Heck, have two in the house, maybe three. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. I, I, it's funny. I had a friend who, who uh, we both know, and he he likes to send like funny videos and you know memes and stuff and and most of the time they are they are funny but he sends me a video for tiktok and i was like damn it <laughs> that in order for me to watch this i'm gonna have to install that app oh right <laughs> and uh and and i had it installed from a long time ago well it's updated since then and I would have, in order for me to watch it, I'd have to update the app. And I'm just like, oh, gosh, I don't really want to, I don't really want to do that. If if my kids catch me on, on TikTok, I will never hear the, hear the end of it. Well, that's funny. <laughs> but it's, you know, I stopped using it when they were talking about all this information that they're starting to harvest from people. But uh, it's not just TikTok. I mean, the big thing about TikTok for me is that it's it's a... You know, it's a it's from a country where the government basically controls everything, and they harvest that data. They they don't let their citizens really have any autonomy. It's they're involved in when everything. it first came out. I swear it had a warning that it it could be because I I heard about this way before Trump even warned everybody about it that it could be. Um, uh, linked to China and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 
it was, I don't know how, I mean, how the hell would I know if, if it wasn't like common? Well, most people don't, they, they just kind of overlook, <clears throat> they overlook the, the warnings from the app store. Um, there was a, a while back, the school that I worked for had an app and the app, um, was used to basically deliver school information, announcements, that sort of thing to parents and, and, and uh, students. Well, we um, we didn't really promote it a lot and have people download it and that sort of thing. And so eventually the cost of it just didn't seem worth it to us mm-hmm. because you have to people have to opt in to download it. And so it wasn't a universal way for us to contact parents and students um, because we couldn't force people to do it. Eventually, we got rid of it. Well, when I came on board, part of my duties was to um, send updates to this app to the developers to uh, do enhancements for it. Well, what I've realized in that process is that not only did that app, you know, keep track of of you know student information like you know address and that sort of thing, right. it kept track of their GPS location. It would keep track of of where you are in relation to other users who are currently using the app. Um, It would uh, allow, there's something in there that allowed them to link their uh, Facebook account and their Google account to the app. So there's a lot of data that they could... That's scary stuff, really. Really scary stuff. And and I kind of looked at it, I was like, is this something that we should actually be doing? Because... I'm not sure what the law says about, you know, a school having sort of this information, um, you know, that is collected by a third party because right. the app is, you know, there's developers were from a third party. Uh, big deal where I work. I'll tell you that. Sure. Sure. But I didn't, I didn't realize that until that time, how much data you could harvest by having a, an app and how easy everybody would be like, Okay, my gosh, it's popular. Of course, yeah. Okay, accept, accept. I said accept. Come on, go. Oh, it's thinking. <laughs> and, you know, they can't accept it fast enough, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, especially when you know, like this friend um, sends me a link to this video, and it's got a screenshot of what the video would look like, um, and it would require you to, you know, download and log into the app in order to use it, and suddenly now they have access to a bunch of information because you have to accept that stuff yeah. in order to use the functionality of the app. So it, it does, it kind of freaks me out, especially if it's a communist country who's controlled by their military right. and you know that they are, because they do a lot of hacking and stuff, you know that they have the technology that's amazing and they're constantly trying to gather and position themselves in a way that they can do nefarious things. Right. I know it. And yep. but, but TikTok is only one of many. TikTok just happens to be one of the most popular ones and the most heavily used by some, the population right some, now. Some even suggest it was created to infiltrate and get information. You know, like mm-hmm. just, just add this little thing that look, would be popular, a platform for people to be silly on mm-hmm. and then use that to get all the information. Yeah. Well, so. you know that like Twitter and Facebook, they share... They share stuff with, uh, you know, the government and other yep. third parties. Now, th- there's been enough outcry to have them, you know, um, 
tell the population that these are things that they're gathering and this is their policy on you know what they're going to use it for uh i think i think apple's done a, a much better job of of yeah after explaining told to but that's but that's exactly the problem right is that it it prompted other people to make a stink about it uh in order to you know bring it to their attention so but again i i am always nervous about data there's so many different hacks we had one recently about the meatpacking uh beef processing was that what it was uh they sounds almost familiar yeah they had uh a bunch of their machines get ransomware and ransomware basically once it's installed it's a virus it, it once it's installed on the machine it encrypts your files and, and it says they can only pack fudge now <laughs> yeah exactly Sorry. they go from beef to fudge fudge what <laughs> uh, oh dave uh so the so the the hack is basically they lock down the files and then in order to unlock the files to access the files it says hey you're gonna have to pay us a certain amount of money in order to those machines to get the key to unlock these files so or else the machines are they're, they're worth, useless yeah they're worthless yeah and so the meatpacking uh or was it yeah, meatpacking uh, company. They uh, they ended up paying some massive ransom. I, I don't know if it was like eleven million or. And they can turn around and do it again next week. Yeah, and but it, it was done. It, surprisingly, it was done uh, through uh, Bitcoin. They paid out the ransom in Bitcoin, and they were the feds were able to recover that that Bitcoin. And I think that's one of the cool things about Bitcoin is that when there is a transaction, it's open to the public it's you can linked yeah you can yeah you, you can even, see what's in the blockchain yeah so you can see where that stuff's going it was him well and so they they were able to track it down to wow. one of those um major exchanges and the exchange was able to then um help help the uh the feds recover uh that that uh bitcoin so you know People say, "Oh, yeah, Bitcoin's uh, used for nefarious things." Well, sure, sure. So is cash, but <laughs> but you you can't track cash, you know, for the most part. Uh, but you can see everything in the blockchain wow, for Bitcoin. Yeah. So they were able to do uh, recovery of a lot. It was like sixty something wow. Bitcoin that were recovered. Wow! Holy smokes! Mm-hmm. So, hey, let me ask you this: I want to go back a little bit to the computer stuff you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um the TikTok stuff and but would a VPN help? Yeah. That kind of stuff. If you had mm-hmm. a VPN, would that keep fingers out, if you will, or Yeah, so the VPN will help in a way um block your location. It in a way will filter out some nefarious things, but I'm not sure how much a VPN will do with uh, the apps on your phone because a VPN controls your internet connection and what people can um, can sort of track you on online. But the app itself, it's the programming within that app that gives you gives that programmer or that company access to access these other to things. It. And again, you agree to it when you yep, install the app. So a VPN is can be a layer of protection, it but it's not enough when you go use the app. App, hey, this is. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be great to have a a good V. I have a VPN, and it would be great, and it's a good one too. But it'd be great to have a VPN as a sponsor. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'd really, be down with I, that. I really do like having a VPN. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, 
We'll plug the VPN for you. Yep. It'd be really interesting <laughs> if it's the one I like and use. Yeah, yeah. There are some good ones out there. Yep. So, but I think the the uh, pipeline uh, hack that was done that, that created oh, yeah. a gas shortage over yeah. on the East Coast, um, prices went crazy. And then, uh, and then this meatpacking company or processing company, um, you know, that's a couple, that's a couple of big deals and they both paid the ransom, which doesn't give me much hope for the idea of not negotiating with terrorists. (laughs) Uh, Right. Well, we already did when Obama was in the presidency. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the Iranians got a lot of cash. Sure did. Blocks of it. Breaks of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) All right, let's uh, let's close it out. What do you say? Why not? All right. Uh, thanks again for listening. Appreciate that. If you don't mind, tell folks uh, about the show. We'd love to grow the audience. And you can also find us on Twitter at the NTS Podcast. And you can also send us an email at mailbag at nevertoserious.com. So until we see you next time, take care. And be safe.